Yeah, you guys ready for this? Oh. This ready. is going to be a love. So we're going to do a quick little icebreaker. We're going to ask Pastor, who is Pastor Julian's favorite band? Rush. Okay, so, but, but we have three choices here. Uh, she answered really quickly. Oh, okay. <laughs> little mix. Li- Got to be little Picture mix. Picture evidence. Little Picture mix. evidence. <laughs> okay, so your vote, Rush. Yes, okay. Rush. Pastor Jay. Come on, it's Rush. Oh, it's got to be every okay. minute of the day. Come on. <laughs> that is awesome. The next one. What is Pastor Sharon's most cherished possession? Now, Me. Oh, see. <laughs> no, okay. Most cherished possession. Oh, no, oh my God, a we got, okay. <laughs> Wedding ring, bitch in the hallway that belonged to the Nans. Oh. Her family. Oh. Now, this shouldn't be that difficult. It's <laughs> 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 a little mom, right? Wait for this answer. It's, oh, it's got to be family. Okay. Or Sharon? wedding ring. <laughs> <laughs> or the monk's bench. <laughs> oh. Wedding ring. Oh. Wedding ring. I'll make wedding ring. <laughs> It was definitely family. Family, oh. <laughs> okay, we're moving on. And what is Pastor Sharon's dream holiday destination? Oh, wow. Yes. Mm-mm-mm. Oh, this should be, this should be a good Hawaii, one. Hawaii, Rome, dream holiday. Dream oh, holiday. some answers from the, the audience as well. well one They're we've had, here. we've been to all these places. Oh. So is it, it's the dream holiday. I would say the dream one historically had to be A because that was part of a bigger trip. Mm, is that a good one, guys? Am I right? Yes, you're okay. right. That's <laughs> you're right. <laughs> we sort of know each other a bit, don't we? counts on that one. Excellent. And we're going to do another one for you, Pastor Jay. According to Pastor Sharon, what phrase do you say the most frequently? Oh, no. It's all good. It's all good. I don't give a rip. I'm (laughs) preaching better than you're responding. (laughs) Here we go. You tell me, guys. What do I say the most? It's all good. It's either. It might be A, you know. It's all good. It's all good. Um, Is this? Well, I don't say C at home, do I? Well, I do. Come on, woman. I'm preaching better than you're responding. That doesn't happen. That's not how we get out of bed in the morning. Um, I don't give a rip. Definitely not. I'm going to yeah. go for A. You're going to for A? Yes. Pastor Sharon. A. Oh, give it up. It's all good. It's all good. It's all good. I say that regularly because we have to. So we have the winner of the question here. Pastor Sharon, what is Pastor Jay's most prized possession? No, no, no clues, guys. Oh, yes. <laughs> this is not a trick question. Oh, I'm going to change my answer. <laughs> um, I would probably say family, but I would also go to the Triumph GT6. <laughs> <laughs> it's the, the car, the, guys. Oh. It's the car. Yeah, Come on. Yeah, yeah. The yellow arrow. My Triumph GT6. I don't consider my family a possession. Okay. I like how he phrased that one. Is that good? Is that good? Well done. Have I dug myself out of the pit now, yeah? That is a good phrase. That, you, I like how you walk that one back. <laughs> and my Bible possesses me. Yeah, I was like, come on, come on. And on that note, we're going to step, we're going to step right into faith. Go for it. Right? Because you're talking about your Bible possesses you. We're going to step right in, jump right into faith. Living by faith is a topic. I mean, this last year, we've had some challenges, right? Last 18 months, setbacks, hurdles, challenges in the family. And so the question is, how have you dealt with moments 
when you've experienced adverse circumstances or disappointments, like when your vision is further ahead from the reality that you're being okay. shown? Well, great question. Firstly, um, obviously this last year has been very, very different and it's had a lot of completely different unusual challenges. But I read something the other day about if you were born in 1900, the First World War broke out when you were 14 years old, finished when you were 18 years old. When you were 20 years old, there was a Spanish flu that killed 50 million people around the world. When you were 29, you just come out of 10 years of worldwide recession the world has never seen before or since, uh, you know, because the Wall Street crashed. In, at the time you were 39 years, sorry, 34 years old, the Nazis came to power in Germany and the world changed. When you were 39 years old, World War II broke out and that ended when you were 45. When you were 54, the Korean War broke out and I can't remember how long that was. When you were 65, the Vietnam War broke out and it just went through these things and it was like every five years they had the equivalent of what we had for one year. And then we say our grandparents, they don't know what it's like to, to go through stuff. Yeah. And that really challenged me. And I must admit, I don't think I said at all last year, what a challenging year. Um, because I actually think it was a different year. And I know there's been all sorts of different experiences. And I'm pleased I'm not in any way trying to make things seem, you know, irrelevant. But I think actually we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us whether that's a pandemic, or whether that's a job loss, mm -hmm. or whether that's the, a, a parent loss or a child loss, or whether it's a family breakup, or whether it's a sickness situation. Um, it doesn't qualify that verse and all the other verses that go with it that we can do all things except, except. And you, you know, perhaps for you here today, you know, the pandemic was the worst year ever. Well, for somebody else it wasn't. But you know, for somebody else, perhaps the year before was the worst year ever because they lost a child. And last year was a piece of cake you know, compared to that. So it's always important to understand that, okay, it's what I'm experiencing right now. And I can't expect everybody else to be experiencing what I'm experiencing because we're all going through something completely different in a completely different way. And so I think... Um, I would always say, return to the Word of God. Return to what does the Bible say? Not what does the news say. If the news is more important, then just turn it off. Um, you know, all the way through the Brexit thing, we had the news on a lot because I wanted to know the detail of what was going on. But through the pandemic, I didn't watch the news. We turned it off. Um, it didn't change my life one bit to know how many people had got sick and how many people had died didn't affect me at all. I'm not saying I didn't have compassion, but it's not going to change my reality of what I'm going through. Yeah. So why do I need that all unloading in my mind every day? Don't need it. Doesn't mean to say I'm not aware. We're acutely aware. But it's the things you choose to focus on. So how, if we're talking about faith, um, again, really, faith is a decision that you are going to operate in the unseen world. Therefore, the facts around your life, they're very real, very real. They're not things you deny or things that aren't real, but the things that are fact become subject 
to the truth of God's word. And this isn't a preach, this is a chat. So this is how we do this. So when, you know, the bad news comes, I remember when, you know, they said to Sharon, you're going to need an operation, you know, remove lumps from different parts of her and, and um, her, her mum had died of cancer, her uncle had died of cancer, all the same symptoms in Sharon, all the same reports starting to come back. There was a choice to make. Either, either we're going to be led by that or we're going to understand that but be led by the truth of God's word. Amen. And faith is a decision. It's not a feeling. Mm-hmm. Nothing to do with feelings. You don't feel faith. You decide faith. I will believe the word of God. And when your mind goes crazy as it does, I mean, when we've been through just the worst situations you could imagine um, for us, yeah, you know, personally, when you get up, when you're, I mean, I've been in situations over a period of year where I, you know, almost every night I um, dreamt of committing suicide. Um, you know, church was flying, going fantastic, but you go through things personally, mm. and you have to get your mind in control. You have to. You have to say, mind, I take captive every thought, and I go back to the Word of God. And the word is going to lead me and the word is going to guide me. Um, You know, whether it's pandemic for you, whether it's financial for you, whether it's cancer for you or whatever the situation. Is that, is that, that's quite a strong way to open up the questions really. But I think you just have to say, I'm going to do this. It's a quality decision that you will not change from. And then I thank God for a wife who is next to me and a husband who's next to Sharon, who can, that's me, I'm not talking about another one, <laughs> who can anchor yourself to God's word and to the truth of God's word. Fair enough? <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Yeah, no, absolutely agree with that. And, but I remember, I mean, God... God speaks, doesn't he? And, and we're wanting to hear what God says. And right at the beginning of this pandemic, um, I started exercising at home. <laughs> yeah, she'd seen me and got so jealous. <laughs> so envious of this incredible physique. <laughs> now for me, exercising is like, I'm normally quite busy and I think I'm doing enough. But anyway, so I was doing this and I was in my hallway, up on the landing, on the mat, and... I was just jogging, and I thought, oh, I'd just close my eyes. And the next thing I knew, I was face to face with the door and nearly hitting, slamming my face against it. Don't jog with your eyes And God spoke just out of that simple little thing. He says, keep your eyes open, keep focused on the vision, know what's going on around, so don't close your eyes, know what's going on around, otherwise you'll crash and burn. And I thought, right, okay, not knowing everything really that was going on. You know, the world was changing at that point. And just some simple thing that God says yep. can then lead you for the rest of the time. And, but you have to then trust that as well. And you have to do what, yeah. what God says. It's no good him saying something and then you're not sticking by it. Um, so, yeah. No, such great, great insight you guys have provided. So good, Sharon. So yes, good. so so good, Pastor Sharon. I, mean, I want to just kind of dig in just a little bit more, talking about faith for healing. So, just as an example, 
Yep. You know, doctor's calls, you know, you've yep. been on break from lunch, doctor calls, and then you get kind of that boom moment. Yep. Doctor tells you something's gone on with the test, that you have something in your body that apparently you didn't want to be there. So yep. what can people do to pray faith right there, right. healing into the circumstances? So good, because this is just where we live, isn't it? This is, this is daily stuff. So the first thing I'd say is you don't start there. You start when you're well. You start when you're well. You don't build faith for healing when sickness comes. You build faith for healing when you're well. Um, that's really important. That's the same in everything. You don't you know, start believing for a good marriage when things go wrong. You, you build for a good marriage when things are well. Now, the thing is, we so often, I'm sure all of us are like the rest of us, you, you know, so often we respond to life rather than you know, be ahead of it and be sort of prophetic. So you build faith for healing when you're well um, by getting God's word in your mouth. I've declared every day for years by his stripes I'm healed. I was healed. Um, I've, I've said that every day since I've been a Christian as far as I you know, can remember. And I've also declared, I don't, um, for about 15 years I said the same declaration every day and I would go through every part of my body and I would give it to God I give you my eyes and I declare my eyes will be strong I give you my and I went through all my inner organs I went through my body my feet it took you know a few minutes said it every day um, because every part of my body is an instrument of 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 God's glory um, obviously this isn't a preach this is a thing but okay so then you know so if that's been built then you know you get the you know, the doctor's report or whatever it is, um, you're not scrapping around trying to find faith for something because it's been built. Now, that's, that's great, but, you know, perhaps that's not all of our story here today. So, um, number one, I'd say start building today. Don't wait for the bad news. Start building today in everything, whether it's needs met, good marriage, your kids. Don't wait till your kids are off doing crazy stuff to start to believe God will break through. Um, you know, too many people have to end up in an emergency, believing God for a breakthrough when they could have had the abundant life beforehand, which doesn't mean that we are immune from things. Real bad stuff happens to good people. So I'm not saying you end up immune, but you've developed a wealth of faith on the inside. And, you know, faith is, is like a mechanic will use a tool. It's something that you can get out your bag and you can use. So I think, you know, if the doctor's report comes, number one, you've got to know what it says. You've got to know. You don't deny. Um, I've seen too many people, you know, sadly pass away because they say, I'm going to believe God for divine healing. They won't take their tablets. They won't have the operation. I just think that's absolutely crazy. Just absolutely crazy um, unless you know that you know that you know that you've heard from God but not just as a, a principle oh I don't need medicine because I've got God's word no it's just crazy God wants you well God wants so you well. however that happens How, however he does it <laughs> obviously the ultimate yeah. of healing straight away but if that doesn't happen God wants you well um, to you know for you to be able to function and live your life absolutely and always pray if you're in the hands of you know the doctors and in the hand and you're taking whether it's chemo or whether it's a, a tablet to keep your blood pressure down. Use your faith. Use your faith on it. Use your faith. Put your trust in God. We don't have faith in tablets, but we have faith in God. Yeah. Um, now, 
Um, I think, so the, yeah, so the thing you've got to do, I mean, something that I would do, and I'll just give you an example, if I get up in the morning and I feel like I've got a sore throat, the first thing I do is not go to the mirror. Mm. I'm not going to go and go, ah, ah. <laughs> I'm not going to... Checking in the back there. I'm not going to do that until I know I've got faith to deal with whatever I see. Mm. Yeah? I will only go to the mirror and go, ah, to speak to it to tell it where to go. Not to have a look and see what's there. I don't need to see something because now I've got a picture to deal with. I'm going to get God's word to build a picture. Words paint pictures. If I say dog, you don't think D-O-G, you think dog. If you've got a dog, you'll think of yours. If I said three-legged, one-eyed, half purple, half orange dog, everything I've said has painted a picture. God's word paints pictures. So by his stripes you were healed. I'll make sure I see that before I ever open my mouth and then I'll speak to it say you were healed um, that's sort of how we do it really that's how that. we do it when Sharon's struggling I'll lay hands on Sharon when I'm struggling if I tell her she'll lay hands on me that is so good so, is that all right? so good is that fair Did you want to weigh yeah. in on that? Yeah. You're good at, just, she's good at this stuff. <laughs> I mean, just simply, that, that is it, and that's building. But every day, it's just it's very, very simply coming before God, and when you wake up, good morning, God, good morning, Jesus, good morning, Holy Spirit. I welcome you in my life, my family's life, my work, uh, you know, today. Your kingdom come. Um, and, and just doing that, puts God and you in the forefront <laughs> of the rest of your day. So whatever then comes um, with, you know, building your faith or if you haven't, you know, like starting now, but whatever comes, you're already seated above, above every principality and power that tries to rule. And, um, and that just sets you on, yeah, being able to handle different things that come. What do you do? Yeah, I've had that when they've said about, you know, a sickness um, and uh, whether it was painful or what, you just have to, you, the helmet of salvation and you pull your mind in to the word of God um, and until you have your healing or until the, you know, the doctors have been able to sort something out or whatever. But your mind is the thing that goes crazy. It really is. And I know Julian was saying about pictures. When I, had, um, when I had certain symptoms, everywhere I looked, there was TV ad. There were, you know, all sorts of different things. And it was like, it's like if you think about a red car, you'll suddenly see loads of red cars. And, um, and, and it really like that. And the Word of God says, pull in the thoughts of your mind, pull it in different words, but um, pull in the thoughts of your mind and make them obedient to Christ because that is where your strength is. That is where you can move on in your life. And, you know, that I did have a miracle. God spoke specifically to me and I, yeah, and, and that was absolutely amazing. But there's other symptoms, you know, other things that, yeah, I'm on some tablets now. Um, and I'm trying to get them down as much as I can, but and you know, it, it's if that's it, that's it. Um, I need to be well for my family. I need to be as well as I can be for the church. So you know, God and medicine work together, and I think doctors and nurses and people like that are amazing. <laughs> Thank you. For and that. keep your joy up. Brilliant. Come on. And keep your joy up as well. Joy. 
is, is strength. Joy is strength. And I know we've said this so many times before, but if the, you know, the heaviness is around, you know what I mean. Um, all of us make atmospheres, create atmospheres, we've said that. Um, and, you know, the Bible's really clear. It says leap for joy. It says shout for joy. It, I mean, these are not just nice little verses to read. So if I'm feeling heaviness around, I will shout for joy. I will do it on purpose. I will jump for joy. Sharon will grab me and say, come on, we're going to jump. Or I'll grab her and say, come on, we're going to jump. And we'll do it. We'll, we'll, I, I don't care where we are. We've done it in the most obscure places. And just stand up. And we just literally do this, don't we? Well, I say, come on, Sharon, we're going to jump. Come Practical on. examples, don't I love it. She's going to jump. Don't she to. doesn't want to. I say, come on, start <laughs> come jumping, on. start jumping. And she starts smiling and, you start and the joy laughing starts coming. And because it's so stupid. It's stupid. <laughs> but it's Bible. You put the word to work. It so, didn't so say good. jump for joy as an allegory. Yes. It says jump for joy. Amen. So, uh, yeah. Such practical advice and just really just dig it in there. I, I want to just shortly here talk about discernment. Yeah. So I have a friend. Um, she, her, she lost her father recently. Uh, it was a tragic hit and run accident. He was oh. cycling with his partner and a car veered off and on impact, they're gone. And she's Christian, but she's had a lot of friend groups, Christi other Christians that have said well, that, was, that was God's plan. And so she's been really struggling with that. And so it's like, how do you know to discern what God's plan for your life is when it looks so different to wow. the reality that you've been given? Okay, that's, you know, people have to deal with the most horrendous of circumstances. And, um, you know, that's their journey and that's what they're going to have to work out with their own, you know, salvation and their own relationship and their trust with God. But I think one thing is really important is that you come back to absolutes. And I know we're in a generation that seems to want to take absolutes away. So, you know, it's not as clear-cut anymore in all sorts of ways. It's not this and this. It's whatever you feel like it wants to be in so many different ways. But there are absolutes in God. God is absolutely light. In him there is no darkness. Now, some people, I'm sure, today want to make that a bit of a gray area. That he's light, but there's a bit of darkness in there. Which I completely disagree with. God is love, and in his love there is no fear. Love yes. casts out fear. Yes. And God is life, and in him there is no death. And these are absolutes. God is good is an absolute. God is never bad. There may be things that we don't quite understand, but it's not God being bad, yes. ever, ever, ever. Um, I'm not God, but I have God's word. Do I believe it was God's will for that man to be knocked over and killed? Absolutely not. And I use the word absolute there because of what we've just said about the absolutes of God. Do bad things happen? Yes, because we still live in a fallen world where God is not in control. Now, that's a, a statement that has upset Christians around me for so many times. I, I, I do not believe God is in control, but I do believe God is in authority. And those are two different things. If God was in control, there would be no rape. Mm -hmm. 
there would be no abuse of children. There would be no divorce. There would be no sickness at all because heaven, where God's will is completely done without any temptation, without any devil, without any fallenness, without any sin, without any fallen nature, there aren't any of those things. And we're to pray your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So what we're trying to do is get the excellence and absoluteness of heaven to impact a fallen world down here. Even though we're saved, uh, this physical body is, isn't saved yet. There is a day of salvation. Your mind is, is in the process of being saved, which is why you still have bad thoughts, but you can make them good. But spiritually, you are saved. So we've got these three things going on. Absolutely saved spiritually. I'm a Christian. I'm in the image, the likeness of God. That's where the force of life is. But in my physical body, bad stuff still happens. And I've got to get this force of life to impact my body. And then around me, I've got to use my authority in the name of Jesus to impact my world around me with the kingdom of God. Am I perfect? Absolutely not. Is the world always going to respond? See, this, this is where people get upset with things. Is it always going to respond when we pray? No, it's not. Because we still are in a fallen world. We can only do so much until the heavens and earth pass away and all things become new. So we're always going to be dealing with the tragedies of life. We came home last Thursday to my mum with a suspected broken back, being rushed into hospital. My dad, who's, who's really struggling, he's uh, early, early Alzheimer's, you know. Uh, we had him from Saturday, um, you know, with my mum in hospital. Does that change our lifestyle? No. Does that change our faith in God? No. Does that change anything? No. It's just another situation to deal with. So we come, we do church like you do, and you pastor people, you do all that stuff. And then you're handling all that as well. Fine, she's out now, praise God. Um, things are good. And they're going home today. Fantastic. Yeah. Which is really good news and it's an answer to prayer. But it's everybody has to handle life. Some people advertise it, other people don't. But we've all got to handle life. Was that God's will? No. Absolutely not God's will. But it's a situation where we can either say, well, I'm going to rise up to this. Yeah. And I'm going to step up and use my faith and do whatever I need to do. Um, and then ultimately, you know, I suppose the biggest um, uh, story account in the Bible, which I think I love, I love it. I did a whole series the other year on it. And that's the life of, um, uh, you know, in the will of God, thrown into a pit, sold as a slave, goes in and is accused of rape, goes to prison, the other two get out, he doesn't. Well, one gets out, one's put to death. Um, he doesn't. Um, and yet he's helped and he's served and he's been positive and God was with him. The Bible says while he's being sold as a slave and he's standing there with no clothes on, absolutely naked, being examined by slave traders and by people who want to buy him, it says he was a prosperous man. Yeah. See, that's the life of faith. When you say it's not about what's around me, it's about what's this spirit life on the inside soul goes to prison, uh, comes out, etc., um, etc., et and he becomes the world ruler under the under the um, the uh, pharaoh, and then he has the the incredible trust and heart to say everything that all you guys meant for evil, 
God was in it all. God didn't orchestrate all of it. Some of it he did, actually. Him being sold as a slave clearly says in the Bible was the will of God. Just a thought, guys. Why? Because it was the, you know, the journey through to change the world. But all the way through, it's the quality of his faith and the quality of his life that meant he came out the other end and he turned the world upside down. But I, yeah, these things are not easy to talk about, but you've just got to come back to the word of God and say, that's my choice of life. Is that all right? That's so good. I, and I know we would come back Do you to hear you. That? Do you? Um, just very quickly, I think um, that person there can only walk her walk. Mm-hmm. And she can listen to what other people are saying. Um, but nobody else can walk the walk for her. So for her convictions to be strong in her convictions, which ties up with what Julian said, so for her to get her own convictions and in anything, you know, any of us go through, you need your own convictions, not what somebody else says, unless it ties up with what God has spoken to you about. Um, because you can't walk somebody else's walk, but you can walk some, you know, you can walk the walk that God... Um, has told you about um when i was ill julian tried doing everything he could but he couldn't walk i had to deal with that and walk it for me but he was there you know and people have got friends or family you know who can walk it with you um but uh but you can only really stand by your own convictions and uh coming back to the truth of the word of god I do just want to add something in there, just about how we encourage people. Really, really important. Because obviously you said a number of the friends are sort of saying, it was, you know, God's will. And they're, and they're doing everything they can to be empathetic and trying to build. But you don't strengthen somebody soul to soul, which is feeling to feeling, mind to mind. You strengthen somebody spirit to spirit. And it will not strengthen somebody... I mean, I'm not going to get into the skills of being a support to somebody. I'm not qualified to do that. But, but I do believe that sometimes we make comments that, you know, we're doing everything we can to help, but actually they're not actually going to help in the long run. So instead of saying that was, you know, you know to try to encourage that was God's will, just, just zip it. And equally, don't say that wasn't God's will, because that ain't going to help. You don't have to comment on that. All you need to do is say, in the midst of this situation now, God is right here. In the middle of this. You don't have to comment on the what if and what was and how and why and all that. Because that's when you start screwing people's minds up. Just get into, God's here, let's draw from him now. He's the all-sufficient one now. No matter what you got. I'm not going to try and explain it. It's not going to help to explain it. But right now... The thing you need now is not actually a load of answers. You need the presence of God Mm -hmm. and the love of God and the grace of God now. So let's believe on that, shall we? And let God do the answering. So good. So, so good. I I know we were running just a little bit behind on here, but there's actually been quite a few questions from the audience, and there's one that I definitely want to pose to you. So the question is, we're a young couple, new to the church. How do we build our relationship with Christ when the world constantly tries to pull us away? Great, 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 great. Such a good question. Um, You're good at this stuff. I've done a lot of talking. (laughs) 
Oh, if I start, mate, I'm going to say, well, you turn the world off. It's what you do, you turn it off. But go for it, you. It's coming back to sticking with your convictions. It really is. Um, because if, if you're a Christian, then um, there are a lot of things that people will say that you need to do that actually, no, you don't. <laughs> um, I mean, we've, we were, I remember people would say, you've got to have a day. And I was talking to somebody earlier about this. You've got to have a day to yourselves. You've got to take a day out and have every week have a day to yourself. Well, that didn't fit in with what we were doing. <laughs> it didn't fit in with us. Um, and that just, that just was a we tried and it never really worked to be honest it actually caused more not hassle but it was like well what was that about <laughs> um so in that instance we we came to the decision that actually quality was better than quantity so if we were busy then um you know in building our relationship together as a couple um, we decided that okay if it's one hour this day if it's whatever you know because we did a pastoring we were day and evening and whatever and um, so we would make sure that we um, purpose to do that time together but and it was really good because it was quality and it was purpose for quality um, but we had all sorts of have had all sorts of things going on haven't we where um i think arguing people say arguing uh, you've got to have an argument <laughs> and i'm we sure some argue, of you do as yeah. well we don't argue that's fine we made that decision when but we got married our yeah. convictions is growing up and we we don't so again it's what is right for you you know um if it's right for you to have a and then fine okay we've got it all out in the open and everything but we've never found that we think well what does arguing do um my dad used to argue quite a bit and i purposed that i would never be like that <laughs> um and as far as you know we we just don't we actually know that we are different as well um and marriage is not about me it's about us and it's about building each other. Whereas um, when you're not a Christian, you might not have that understanding quite so much. It's how can I lift this yeah. person yeah. Um, and how can I help and be a partner yeah. to this person yeah. to help them be everything they are yeah. and for that person, you know, vice versa. And you build each other up. Um, we're very careful with our words, aren't we? Absolutely. Um, even, in, even in the songs we sing, um, yeah. for actually from an early, when I, was in, when I was in church when I was younger, there were certain words I just would not sing in a song, some of the old hymns. Yeah. And I would go, and so I put my own words to them. <laughs> words that I knew were biblical, that were actually that I, you know, I could... And so you, you have to create for yourselves how you as a as a as a couple as a uh, youngly married christian couple you have to create your own environment um not yeah not not for not what everyone else is saying i think obviously the world has a culture has a culture and it's not the culture of the kingdom of god 
very different. It's not all right to have sex before marriage. It's not all right. It'll kill the relationship. You start it off badly. And you'll have to undo so much stuff. And yet today, well, of course, you need to know if you're sexually compatible in order to have... It's just, it's just wrong. And it's not like bad wrong. It'll kill you. You see, God hates sin because it kills you. It's not because he's a killjoy. It's because it kills you. It will, it will end up being worse for you. It twists, doesn't it? It twists, yeah, the whole thing. It'll, it, it'll, it'll screw up the relationship. The reason why there are standards on entertainment, and different people have different standards on entertainment, but, you know, we have our lines that we, you know, sometimes we watch things and think, that crossed the line, why did we keep it on? And, you know, you feel that icky feeling on the inside, think, I wish I'd never seen it. Wish I'd never watched it. It wasn't the film to watch. But for somebody else, that's, that's within their boundaries. That's fine. Um, you know, and that's why it's a personal thing between you and God. But I think when you're talking about a relationship, the world has no clue how to do relationship. That's a strong thing to say. But the world does not know how to do relationship. The Word of God does. It knows how to do relationship. It says, husbands, hang on the cross for your wife. That's what it tells us to do, Ephesians 5. Hang on the cross for your wife. Um, it says, wives, submit to your husbands as unto the Lord. Not just submitting anything, but as unto the Lord. So there's all sorts of things in there that we think, oh, that's old-fashioned, throw it away. You're going to have a hard road. You're going to have a hard road because you're inviting into your life everything that's going to kill your relationship. But if you stick with the word of God, oh, but that's different. Yeah, great. Let it be different because the world doesn't know how to do relationship. Mm -hmm. But the word of God does. Amen. You guys, wasn't that good? Thank Listen, thank you both so much for just pouring into us. I think we're also grateful for just how vibrant you are because you always stay and bringing your A game. You always stay filling us and teaching us and just being such incredible shepherds to the flock. So just, you guys, will you give it up for our senior pastors today? Thanks. Great. Thank you so much. It's been great to have this, to have this chat. And, I, you know, I know um, that I hope it comes across in, in Citygate Church that really, you know, I've just talked about the culture of the world and culture of the kingdom. The culture of Citygate Church that I would like to think is the culture of the kingdom of God is this, that we love God and that we love his word because God and his word are one and that we love people and we want the best for people. And, you know, this isn't the church where we control or where we in any way enforce. It's not like that. It, it, it's actually from a place of love and compassion that God wants the best for people. It's what he wants. He wants us to have the, the best relationships. He wants to have the best business. He wants us to have the best physical health. He wants us to have the best financial abundance. He wants the best for our lives. His life is only abundant life. It's an absolute life. When his life turns up, the death has to leave in every situation. And at the very heart of all that is the love of God, for God so loved this world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him will have everlasting life, not going to go to an eternal an eternal curse of, you know, to use biblical words, eternally condemned, um, but to have everlasting life. And that is because God loves us and wants the best for us. And I just want to ask a question here today. Do you know the love of God in your life? Do you know 
that Jesus Christ is your Lord and your Savior? Do you know the love of God? Do you know a relationship with the God, Father God who created you? Obviously, everything we've, we've said here today, all the praise and worship, Lord, Savior, you're the maker, you're the one who's above it all and through it all, our God is an awesome God. These are not just words that we're singing off a screen. They're a reality to pour out of our hearts because we're so grateful and thankful to God. And I want to ask you today, do you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? The most important you know, decision of your eternity and I don't believe anybody's here today by accident and we're just about to close and go and have our jerk chicken and our hog roast and our whatever else and it's all out there. It's all good and ice creams and bouncy castles and whatever else but we're not going to do that until we've dealt with this question here today. Do you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Saviour? And just with every eye shut please, every, and we're only bowing our heads. We don't pray with our eyes shut and bowed our heads down. That's not how the Bible tells you to pray. It says lift your head and open your eyes. But, but just for this moment, because it's a private moment for the people around you, every eye closed and every head bowed. And if you're here today and you know you need to say yes to Jesus Christ, you need to say, Jesus, be my Lord and my Saviour change my life come on I'm 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 not even you know I say I'm a Christian and I'm not you know I don't have the values of the kingdom of God operating in my life I don't know what it is for you perhaps you've you've come here today as a guest and you've never been faced with this question before do you personally know Jesus Christ as Lord but just while every eye is closed and every head bowed I'm going to ask you today if you want to say yes to Jesus in however that means to you right now to indicate to me and then we're all going to pray together and I'm not going to embarrass anybody but if you want to right now give your life to Jesus why don't you lift your hand in this auditorium right now please is there anybody here today in this service wonderful God bless you wonderful once I've seen your hand you can put it down is there anybody else here today you want to say yes to Jesus God bless you is there anybody else here today last time as I look around just very quickly. Come on, we're all going to pray this prayer right now. And it's one I've prayed thousands of times, but it doesn't matter. Come on, let's all pray this. Heavenly Father, thank you that you love me. Thank you for giving Jesus, your son, to die on a cross for me. I receive you, Jesus, as my Lord, my Saviour, and my friend. I receive eternal life in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, church, let's celebrate today, shall we? It's one. Come on, church.